I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Monday of Horribly Hollywood Single. I, of course, am your host, Adam Carr. You can see that giant head behind me. I'm here to talk about the worst dating stories by some of the best guests in Hollywood. There's a pandemic, there's a quarantine, there's all these things going on in politics, and guess what? We still have bad dates. Now my guest today, I gotta tell you, I gotta take a giant breath for this. This guy, if, if you think you work, this guy works. And let me tell you about this, okay? He's the host of the SOS show with James Lott Jr. He's the host of A Lot of Help with James Lott Jr. He's the host of Extra Connections. He's the host of In Between the Pages with James Lott Jr. It doesn't stop there. He's the host of Left Handed with A Lot to Say. That's two T's, ladies and gentlemen. He does multiple after shows. He's written tons of books. He talks about organization. He also has a doctorate in divinity. My God, James Lott Jr., ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm tired now. I'm gonna sleep. I'm gonna lay down. I do all that. I'm gonna lay down. You're doing all this stuff. How do you what, do? You sleep? What do you do, James? Walk I, me through an average week with you. Well, I'm so glad to be on here. And I told him off camera I'm gonna keep flirting with him while we're on the show. That beautiful smile. I'm just like, and <laughs> yours. Those eyes. James, that I'm smile. Aged, I'm aged, but I'm not. You know, it hasn't happened yet. So I, I welcome. Uh, it's it's quite yeah, wonderful. I know. Oh, I do watch a show. I do watch a show. I, you are. You're very cute. Uh, your fiance awesome. is very lucky. She's very lucky. Oh. I'm, gonna keep, I'm gonna keep hitting on you throughout the show, though, because I'm horribly single. No, hey, you know what? And that's why we're so glad to have you on the show. Because no matter what you're doing in life, no matter what you've achieved, bad dates, uh, there's no um, immunity for that. They happen to everybody. Exactly. So I'm so glad to have you on because to me, uh, I've, I've listened to a bunch of your stuff. You're absolutely wonderful. You have a great energy. Um, I've seen you at the Afterbus Studios. Like everybody loves being around you. You're like one of those people that people gravitate towards instead of someone that walks up and people go, I don't want to be around them. You're the opposite. I feel like people genuinely always, they just gravitate towards you. So um, I'm dying to hear what you have to say about stuff. But first off, welcome. And uh, tell us a little bit about you. You grew up, you said between here and Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, I actually answer your first question. I do sleep. You just I love sleep. I love sleep. This is why I'm 51 years old, kids. I mean, you got the I, skin of a 30 year old, you're doing quite well. I stole it from them. No, um, but no, I sleep with steaks. You're dead. I'm dead. I'm really dead. Um, yeah, I know you're a comedian, so I can throw stuff at you. Um, really? But no, I know the thing is, I do enjoy, I think sleep naps are very important. That's what you'll live with. I drink lots of water. I mean, yeah. also, um, and of course, black don't crack. There's always that too. You said it, not me, James. I know, I said it for you. Uh, no, okay, so anyway, so no, life for James Light Jr., I'm a, I am an overachiever. <laughs> no, um, a little bit. No, I've always been a multi-hyphenate, no matter what I've done. My mother said since I was a kid, I came out doing 10 different things. I mean, out of the womb, I was doing always. Uh, in school, I was always involved. I was called a group hopper in school. I would always be parts of different groups. I was never just like the jocks, or never just like the smart kids. I was always everybody. I would go to the drama people, but I never stayed in fully, but I was like, I knew everyone. I knew the lay of the land. That yeah. was always me, always Two me. different people. I think that's very important, especially to socialize in different groups because you kind of learn that um, not one is more important than the other and people are kind of, they're all the same in, in the end when you cut it down. It's but. funny you say that. It's because I was saying this the other day with all this stuff that's going on out there, the Black Lives Matter stuff, I was yeah. trying to tell people, we're actually all more alike than we are different. We all want love. Yeah. We all want to be heard. <laughs> we yes. all want to have just like live our lives. We all want food. We all want sex. You know, I mean, I just, I mean, it's, you know, it sounds funny, but it's kind of like, 
we're really, I mean, the only difference is maybe some cultural things, maybe some sure. stuff. It's but just seen like, through a different lens, but it's yeah. pretty much the same thing. Yes. We all, yeah. that's where the equality thing comes in. We all talk the same stuff. We all talk the same thing, yeah. And by the way, you having the same equality as me doesn't suddenly make me have less equality. I'm glad you said it. Thank just you. from one straight white man to whoever is listening out there, just to let you know, allowing you to have the same slice of pie that I'm taking from doesn't make mine smaller. Exactly, exactly. We have the same slice of pie, everyone. So we have the same exactly. pies, everything. It's just kind of crazy. So I grew up in a multicultural family. Puerto Rican, Black, Dutch, Creole, I mean, everything. And then growing up in two different places where there was kind of also multiculturalism in the areas that I grew up in also, especially with Latino and Asian and, and white and everything on between, that I grew up with this sense of um, the world is mine, I'm part of the world, let's work it out. So that's kind of how I do everything, everything. Everything. Well, I love that you also grew up in Pittsburgh because I grew up in Cleveland. So we would have been mortal enemies for uh, sports teams. Now, I got to tell you, I know almost nothing about sports. I just know that, you know, LeBron James won the championship for us, that we're doing amazing. I remember growing up, my dad would tell me to say to uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, you know, the cheerleaders shave the team players' armpits. I don't know what that means, but I said it quite fervently as a 10-year-old. Uh, but uh, we would have been mortal enemies. Yes, we would have. We would have. But no, 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 let me tell you something. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to actually school you a little bit. I'm going to school the straight white man about sports. How ironic please, is that? Please, please. Because uh, I'm not either of those. Um, so I'm a Steelers fan, clearly. Yep. Um, Heinz Field. That's right. Troy Hill, Spring Hill, Green Garden area. Um, but I have family in Cleveland. Middleburg Heights, Brunswick, Medina, yeah. Parma, Parma Heights. I mean, I know Cleveland. I know Cleveland. I a lot of great show choirs there. I think my school of Solon competed against many of those in my time. Yes, I know. I know. I know Cleveland, I know Pittsburgh. I've been to Brown Stadium. Oh yeah, that's quite. <laughs> um, but you guys have the Rockwell Hall of Fame. Do you have that? Um, that is. I will tell you that is one of the coolest places, and I'm so glad that we have that because uh, it's just amazing. You you would think you're like, what is Cleveland at? We have the Science Center and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and yes. we have. What well, What's weird is they have the awards in New York. Yeah, no, the induction ceremonies in New York. So to me, that's always been like a hot woman that would sleep with you in high school, but wouldn't hold your hand in public. Like, I'll give you the awards, but I don't want people to know that we're together. Ever. Totally. Like, totally. Totally. Um, but no, I mean, it's, 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 but you know what's really funny is I've actually been brave enough to go to Brown Stadium wearing a uh, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, jersey mm -hmm. uh, to watch them play. And I'll tell you, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, there's a lot of rivalry. I mean, there's like toilet paper that says, you know, wipe my ass with Cleveland, all these kind of things and stuff. Oh, but sure. in real life, we actually, and even at Heinz Field, when Browns people come to Heinz Field, it actually, everybody gets along. Everybody's drinking beer, of course. Everybody's much better than, like, Cleveland and Cincinnati is much more, I feel like, vicious. Because that's literally brother against brother, like in the yeah, same I've state. Been, same I've been, I've been, I've been there. That's that's nasty. I feel like with Pittsburgh, it's still it's always been like, yeah, we've always been against each other. But there's a bit of this like friendship. But with Cincinnati, it's like they'll kill you. Now, I mean, I'll go get my Skyline Chili while I'm there. But that's another story. You know, I love my Skyline. I love my Skyline Chili. I miss well, it. Speaking of food, James, you're leading me to my next segue. While we might have been enemies, we would have uh, shared a table at Bob Evans. I heard that on your show. You you can talk first about for for those of you who didn't grow up in the Midwest. Yes. Like, Tell 
Tell like about proper it. America. Bob Evans is like this country home style, but it's not like Cracker Barrel. It's a bit more, gosh, what it's, it's a bit well, upscale. It's not upscale, but it's just, but, right. it's, just, but it's not crack. It's not homey like crack. It's not like, um, it doesn't have a general store in front. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not like, yeah, it's not like a general store. It feels like another, it's like the next level up where it's a bit more corporate commercial. Yes. Right. But it's like one of those places where you can get that giant big breakfast. And uh, I was listening to one of your shows, a, a, a lot to say about the, uh, the gentleman who is both a chef and a doctor and just saying like how important it is to eat those meals. Yeah. Because when I would go back home, I mean, I would just, I would gain like 10 pounds over Christmas break because I would just eat. And I mean, seriously, I have the fat kid gene. Like I can put on muscle and fat amazingly fast. But um, Bob Bob Evans, I mean, if I could not love you more, Adam Carr, I think I just had an Evans gasm. I think I just did. I think I just did. I'm like, I'm like, the man I have a crush on likes Bob Evans like I do. James, all I can tell you is someday when I write my book about what, I don't know what it will be, but I will have you write the forward. And I I'll look forward to it. I forward. Um, I, I actually worked for Bob Evans for a summer and it did not go well because oh. I like the first thing I did was like, you know, they're like, oh, you can take a break and, you know, you can grab a drink from the soda fountain. So I grabbed like the expensive kids styrofoam cup and I poured like cherry syrup and made a Shirley Temple. And I'm just standing back there and the manager comes back and is like, did you grab the expensive cups? I'm like, oh, oh yeah. And then he's like, are you using that stuff? Like this, the syrup? And I'm like, we're not supposed to. He's like, no, you're supposed to grab it, you know, die. I'm like, oh, well, this job kind of sucks. Like, what was the point of not grabbing your free shit? So, um. Yeah. But the biscuits and gravy, folks, I'm telling you, the egg. There's the, something about the biscuits and gravy. There is. It's more no, than ever and, before. And Adam, it's real gravy. Not this shit we have out here in California, the brown shit. We're talking no. actual <laughs> artery clogging, full of fats, full of whatever. I'm talking, like, yeah, Marie Callender's level style gravy. Yes. That like then has a side of mashed potatoes and then macaroni and cheese. Like basically it's the amount of carbs and fat that you should never have. And then on top of that, I'm getting some pie, James. I'm well, not well, hello, hello. Are you kidding? I mean, please. Hello. Uh, yes, I love, I love, oh, I just, I, just, I get to get a moment. I just, I just, I gotta have a drink. It, it was an Evans guess, mate. There we go. Salute. So. Yes, I love it. Yes, I, I also wanted to say real quick, you have a, um, a left-handed podcast, which, which talks about being left-handed. Now, evidently I can't be on this podcast because I'm right-handed. I feel, you know, marginalized. Away I'd find a way for you to be on there, Adam. It's you. That smile and everything, I would totally find a way for you to be on the show. Look, I'll use my left hand. So the thing is, uh, <laughs> I, I did a one act in high school that was called Removing the Glove, which basically put similarities between being left-handed as a satire with homosexuality. So it was like this one act show that we did, and then it was about coming out of the glove compartment when you were ready to tell your family that you were left-handed and then I had to give this monologue about how I was sucking my friend's thumb and he was sucking my thumb and we were both sucking each other's left-handed thumbs. It was this whole thing, right? And I literally got, I had to get called into the principal's office after we did this whole uh, sketch and um, my drama club teacher, basically he was on his way out uh, but this basically put the nail in his coffin because they were like, you know, were, were you aware of this? this scandalous show i'm like yeah you know it's it's uh i don't know they're like well what's he aware i'm like yeah he's in charge we're kids of course he knew what it was i'm like i just thought it was funny i didn't think it was that big of a it was this whole thing 
but I remember it, it was so being left-handed. That's so interesting. What has your experience been growing up? And I just think that's so interesting and cool to have a podcast about that. Uh, I almost have to have you on the show telling that story. Just literally. Oh, like, I would love to. No, seriously. I'm, I wrote it down. Contact Adam to do the show. Okay. Because that's something unique. I want, I want to say this to people out there. Um, my mother half-acidly, that's not even a word, but we make it a word. Okay. Half-acidly. Either said, she was on acid or she just did it half-assed. Exactly. You choose. Got it. Choose what you want. Today she's 70 years old today, so happy birthday to her. Um, but no, so I, she said you should do, uh, you probably should do a podcast of being left-handed. I was like, hmm. And nobody, I looked around, no one's doing one. I'm part of a bunch of left-handed groups on Facebook. Yeah. I'm like, like, just like 10 of them. I'm part of all of them. And I was like, I'm sure there's left-handed people out there who probably have some story to tell. And I want to tell you, Adam, in all seriousness, I've done about nine episodes, eight or nine episodes. I have learned something in every single episode from other left-handed people. They, every episode has been something totally different. The people like, well, how do you place your pots on the, on the stove? And how do you put your clothes in the closet? I'm like, oh my God, I didn't say it. Like, it seriously has been one of the most rewarding podcasts I've ever done. That is so cool. Because that, again, it's like something that you wouldn't necessarily think about. I have a feeling it's like the same recessive gene that has the chances of being called up like the redhead gene. Like it, it's, yes, yes. it's gotta be, yeah. you know, hard to find. Like literally you can count probably on one hand how many people you know who are actually left-handed. Right, now, and I, my brother and I and my grandson who was on the show actually, um, the three of us are the only left-handed people in our whole family. Right? Nobody else is on either side. So it's one of those really weird, th like we're part of this club. It's like this weird club yeah. we're part of. You would have been called a witch. They would have called you a witch. How do I know? Left-handed is Sinestra. They call it, it used to be Sinestra, which is like sinister, and that's left. And there's a whole history about that. Uh, I'm just showing that actually. Um, okay. But yeah, no, I I like being left-handed. I think it's a trip. I I'm, I'm a true left-hander. I'm not ambidextrous. Okay. My right hand is just like Can't it's here switch. for the show. It's here yeah. for the show. Uh, I'm glad it's here. I love you. I'm glad you're here. Um, but my left hand is one that does literally. I mean, I even even my feet. I lead my skate. I lead with my left. Yeah. Um, the only thing I don't do left-handed, which is weird, bowling. Really? Bowl with my right. You bowl with your right. Now this is weird because both my brother and I are right-handed, but we kick left-footed, and my father kicks right-footed. So one time on the driveway pavement with a football, he was teaching us, it was like a Wonder Years episode, he was teaching us how to kick a football. And then he kept doing it right-footed. And he's like, well, no, you're not getting it because you're left-footed. So, all right, I'm, I'm just gonna do this the way you do it. And then he lifted his left foot and then also lifted his right foot at the same time and literally just jumped up in the air, landed on his back on the cement. And my brother and I were both like staring at each other like, oh my God, did dad just die? Like what happened? Oh. Just whispering like, get your mother. And so we got our mom and she had to come out. So after that, he was just like, all right, just you'll, you'll figure it out. Just yeah, left foot, fine. Do whatever you want to do. We're like, oh, okay. Well, you know, it's, it's hard because when I was by tying shoes, think about it this way, no one could show me how to tie shoes. They'll go, do it the opposite. You do it the opposite. You try something the opposite and see if that works. I still do the bunny ears. I, I oh, yeah, still do that. Tell them, dude, I don't do that. But yeah. I had to learn. But when my younger brother came, they're like, teaching your brother. So I taught him how to teach. Yeah. But for me, I had to learn my own. I had to figure it out on my own. Luckily, I was smart. But it's like, but I learned, I was trying to learn how to crochet this year, too. And I had to find a left-handed person online who crochets. So I how to hold the needle and everything. I mean, it was, it was a trip. That's oh. how I, my brain sees things differently. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. 
That's so cool. So uh, anyway, uh, James, obviously there's a lot going on right now, especially over the last couple of weeks. Um, I feel like I'm watching and learning and reading a lot of things that uh, either I just wasn't aware of as before, um, but it's uh, obviously it's, it's, there's a lot going on. So I just want to give you a few minutes here. If there's anything you want to talk about, um, obviously, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter, anything that's going on out there that you want to say or do, please, by all means. I just, I, I just, I just, I just, I mean, I did a lot of speaking on this. I, mean, I was on Maria Menounos' show, I was on Roxanne Stryer's show the other day. I mean, I've done all these talks. Yeah. But the only thing I really want to say is just that, you know, we, it's, it's an American issue and yeah. we're all Americans. And I feel that any American should feel bad for another American if they're going through something bad and it is injustice. And I just feel like that should be the baseline for everything. Um, what I go through should affect you. And what you go through should affect me. It should all, it should affect each other's a ripple effect. And whether you know me or not shouldn't matter. Whether my color is brown or not shouldn't matter. It's all, all of this is not good. And I just feel like we, we've been going a certain way for a long time. There had to be a point where the pot was going to boil over. Yeah. Uh, just had to. I mean, whether it was nature, everything, nature, emotion, everything. It was, it was coming to a head anyway. And I think it's, there's no coincidence, that's where my doctrine of divinity comes in, I think there's no, no coincidence um, that it's happening during COVID, that stuff's going on. And as you know, we both know, there are things that have been going on for a long time, it's not a secret, it's been going on for a long time. But I think it's just now it's time to expose everything and break it down. We need to break everything down. Just because things were a certain way, and that's how it's always been, all those phrases we hear, doesn't mean it works today. That's right. That's what and it's changing. Yeah, that's changing. And I, I just think that we need to we need, we need to view this as an American issue. That's kind of my big thing. It's like we need to view this as everybody's problem that should be handled and eradicated. That was very well said. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Um, so uh, you wrote me very first off, you were very funny in your emails and writing to me. Uh, I think yeah. you're wonderful and just charming. Um, you were writing, you know, you dated through different decades. You. Yeah. Seriously, men and women. So obviously, th this is none of my business. I'm just asking because you have written down. Uh, if you don't want to talk about anything, I'll talk about it. I'm not a problem. Tell me to go to hell or shove it in my face. <laughs> I guess I just, I just love you harder. That's all. <laughs> that's all you can beat it. Beat it with love. So I guess, like, what's what are the pros and cons of like I, dating a man or dating a woman, or, or is it still for you? Or are you just like I'm? I'm done with women or done with men. Like, how how does that? When you say, oh, I've dated both, I, to me, that's just so interesting because I'm like, I, they, I, I've only seen one track my whole life, right? So I guess I'm just curious or interested, especially other people out there, because I, I feel like growing up the way I did, you kind of learned like, oh, there's just, you're either straight or you're gay or there's, or the, and this idea that, no, you can find love where you find love and that, that we don't have to make these specific categories to make everybody feels safe and good and that it you know it can be open and that it can be different things and you don't have the answers and that's okay to say you don't have the answers so um i'm kind of just trying to be of this more uh you know open mindset that anything can work as long as it just makes you happy and you're not hurting other people but i'm just curious with you um yeah what are the pros and cons of dating men or women and did you find one sex tends to be worse dating like you know is one more horribly hollywood single or than the other i just want your experience because you dated both yeah um very good question so uh, for me i when i was when you contacted me we were kind of going back from the email i was thinking wait a minute i've dated during the last five decades i know i'm only 51 years old but like i did in the 80s 90s i was like this is interesting and i'll tell you 
dating was much more fun back in the day. I feel like it would have been because you didn't have the dating apps or all this technology crap. And you got it. You got it. It was much. It was. I sound like this old person. It was a simpler time. Um, it was. I mean, just. I mean, like. I mean, it, but it. But it was. It literally was a simpler time. Like the distractions weren't there that they're there now. And um, I mean, there were some things that permeate through. To me, men and women both. They all suck. Everybody sucks. They all suck at this point. Everybody's horribly Hollywood single. Everybody's horribly Hollywood. Whatever. It's just completely. Now it's just a person. And for me, I've always been a person who doesn't believe in labels. I know what labels do. I know what they're for. I know why people need them. People need to figure you out. Sure. That's what labels are for. So right. I go, okay, so Adam, okay, so Adam's a white guy, got it. So Adam says he's straight as a fiance, so it means he's straight. Okay, so got well, doesn't necessarily mean you're straight. I mean you could be other, but you're dating a woman. But immediately go, he's straight, he has a fiance, means he's getting married, got it. Now they can now they can move on for some reason. I get this guy. I was like, right. now feel talking. better about what you are, so that yeah. So when you said that, I was like, that's so completely true. It's just like that's what they want to figure out. But if you're a person who goes, oh yeah, I'm gay, okay, and you're and you're dating guys, and all of a sudden you date a chick. So are you bi? No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not bi. Oh, so you're dating a chick. Well, it was her. It was it was something about her that I fell in love with, and. Um, and one of the girls that I fell in love with, we're still friends to this day. She's married and moved on to other things, but, uh, but we're still friends to this day. I fell in love with her. Like literally she was, you know, yes, we had sex. Um, I'm not, I'm not repulsed by, I don't know what we can say on the show, how far we can say things. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. It's horribly Hollywood single, not well adjusted. I'm feeling great. Single. Let me, uh, PG everything up. Life's real. Life swears that this happens. Well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say that I just, I'm not afraid of a vagina. I'm not afraid of breasts. You know, I'm not okay. afraid of female skin. No, some, some gay men are just, they're totally this. Oh, yeah, yeah. For me, and then a lot of gay men are like me also, we're not, a, we're not repulsed by it or afraid of it, or we don't think it's like this horrible thing. Um, so it doesn't mean I'm bisexual. It just meant that there were times in my life, even after I came out, I dated women. And that made people lose their shit. They didn't know, they didn't know what to do with that. They didn't know what to go with that. I was just like, don't worry about it. I mean, I'm honest with the girl. We're, you know, there are a lot of women who also have their own things, their own non-label things that are going on. Mm-hmm. So to me, it really, I've learned in my 50, my, well, my 35 years of dating, I have learned that it really is about the person. It all boils down to, do you two fit in some level? Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. Do I want to hang out with you? Do I even like you? Those are the things, those are the questions that are really most important. Yes, I might attract you too. That's big too. But it's always like just like four or five different things. You're just like those are the five things I need to know. Whether you're a man or a woman, that's the point. Just like, do I like? I mean, I I know. I mean, I always joke about people. I, I have I have straight friends who say they have man crushes on me and stuff. And and I and I really believe they do love me in certain ways. That there is some kind of thing there, but not really anything major would happen. We're friends, but like, and that female same things. Female crushes on me. I'm like. It's just that, you know, sexuality is a broad thing. It's a really broad thing. And some people are straight up this, and some folks are not straight up that. Yeah. You know, I mean, but there's things in between. And so for me, I always wanted to find love. That was always my number one underlining everything. Was like, I wanted to find love. Always. Still do. I want to find love. And so I'm navigating my way through who I meet and where I meet them, and then I go with it. I'm always, I'm a very fearless person. I just, I just go with the flow. I try to see what's going on out there. Um, and I go with it. I mean, I, I consider myself a person who wants a man, mm-hmm. you know, not a man, but I'm, I mean, I'm not saying I'm completely closed off to, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, who knows what's going to happen out there? I mean, I may meet somebody and some chicken. I'm like, okay, I'm in. I dated a couple of um, non-binary 
folks who um, recently who were um, who didn't you know have don't have a gender thing, and that was very interesting. Learning pronouns and stuff, and and being attracted to them. I've actually I've made out once with a trans man once years ago, mm-hmm. um, and it was like kissing a man. I mean, it was kissing somebody. It didn't it didn't nothing was crazy. So for me, I'm pretty fearless and just that. But I mean, I, I know what I kind. I mean, I know I'm I'm leaning towards men, but I do I have been open to all kinds. And just because I think it's really important to ask questions, and just in case if people are listening right now, um, when you say non-binary, because I know people hear that, but they might not necessarily know what that means. So just in case, do you mind? Oh, yeah. No, no, mind. So so basically, they 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 believe gender is a construct. So they don't believe in and just you know they they'll, you'll hear terms like cis male or cisgendered uh, female, meaning someone biologically feels they're female, that's what they're born, but they're feeling that the term male could be encompassed anything, the way you look, how you feel, the male is more of a uh, feeling. Um, and so many of them, they eschew um, pronouns like he and him. News you'll say they, them, and that's what non-binary is. For my, and I don't know if folks would probably explain it way better than I do, but I, that's that's what I learned from the folks that I've talked to. No, no, that's very kind. Thank you very much. Um, so you're talking about dating through the decades. It was a simpler time, a little better. I feel like that's why we love watching stuff like Stranger Things or different. Yes. It's just a better, like, it's just, yeah, it was so much simpler in communication and it just sounds. Um, it, just, I, I it, just like, it just was. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, Adam, it was like, it was like, you, I mean, phone calls. I mean, it was like you were excited to talk on the phone for hours. Now mm-hmm. you may buy a text you. You better get a text back. One word text. One word text make you want to just jump off a bridge. Like, you give me a one word text. Okay. Yeah, oh, my God. Oh, that's, oh. Okay. I hate oh. You know what I think about the K? The K to me is like a monosyllabic fuck you. That's what case it seems yeah. like. Like, I don't really have the time yes. to think about anything. Eh, let me get you off my screen. I got to get back to my Pinterest, which by the way, I've been calling it Pinterest for the last month. I want to thank my fiance for bringing, brushing me up to speed on thank that. Thank God for her. Yes, yeah, thank God for her. Otherwise, I'd be really awkward. So, uh, James, as we get into this, um, you're talking about through the decades. What for you, uh, if we can get into some bad dates here, I don't know if you have either a relationship, if you feel comfortable talking or a couple of different bad dates, maybe a ghosting situation. Maybe, you know, they said that they were something, uh, they, they claimed to have all these things and then it just turned out they were lying about everything. Like, give me, give me something here. G- give me a lot with two T's to talk about. I'll give you, here's one that happened. I have, I have a string, trust me, I got a lifetime on one. But here's one that kind of took the cake for me. So I dated a gentleman who I really liked. And so my friends met him. He was really super sweet and nice. And he told me he lived, had a roommate okay. in LA, of course, that's fine. Roommates, yeah. Right, roommates, that's fine. Um, but then he revealed after a few dates, we, we, were, we, had, we had some really good dates. We were getting along, we we're connecting, oh. good dates. Um, and then he said, it's my ex. Now that didn't throw me off because I lived with my ex for years. We became friends. And sometimes okay. in the gay world, you become friends with your ex. And it's just, so yeah. we, uh, we meet very differently than straight people do. So it's, it's okay. I don't really, so there's no red flag for me there. It's kind of like, oh, there was your ex. We lived together. We were together, but you know, it's hard to live in LA. I'm like, oh, I understand that. I totally get that. I mean, that's, I, I did not know that about the gay community. In the straight community, I feel like it's really hard to coexist with your ex. Yes, unless so A lot of gay men are friends with their exes. I mean, it's just that's, that's just good to know. I had no idea. Yeah, no idea. It's just, it is. And that's, I mean, because sometimes you just meet, especially as older gays, we have, we're, we're kind of, we're used to like, but well, that was, we dated, we dated 30 years ago. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was yeah, a real time. Yeah, it's yeah. done. Yeah. Not that bad movie. Anyway, yeah. so, 
Um, but yeah, so, I mean, he said this stuff and it was like, not a big deal. And I was like, okay. And he goes, yeah, because I want to move out at some point. I mean, that makes sense. You know, he okay. had to get a job and everything. Like, at least then, he's being honest. Like, it's not like he found out about it like three yeah. months. No. Was your roommate? Oh, it's my ex. Like, then that'd be awkward. It'd be a little awkward. And his and this gentleman was uh, Hispanic, and his and his ex was black. And so I guess I got to say that because that's the important part of the story. Okay. I was like, okay, so you like a type, obviously, kind of. Okay, that's fine. Sure. Sure. And so then we you know we're dating. We you know we, weeks are going by and everything. And then and so I so naturally it's time to go to each other's houses. Like you know, okay. you go to my house, I go to your house. Well, my house was fine. I, mean, I live with my brother. I have a huge house. We're fine. He came over and everything. And at one point I was like, oh, I want to come to your place. I'm in Hollywood. You live in Hollywood. I'm gonna stop by. Well, I don't know if that's good right now. I was like, okay, that's fine. Good night right now. It's fine. Whatever. Um, then we went on a date. And then we were talking. And during the date, he says to me, this is, this is like maybe a month in, that the ex and him still sleep in the same bed. So for me, I was like, so you mean like there's no couch or another? You have one bedroom? We have a one bedroom. I go, okay. And he goes, but the dogs sleep between us. So you, your ex, and the doggies all sleep in the same bed. And then like, we make each other breakfast. So I was like, I don't know if I feel something. I mean, so and I go, so, so that's why I can't come over. When it comes out, the ex is like, don't tell James about our business and how we broke up. And I'm like, well, we don't, I'm not really talking about you. We're I mean, so it became very strange. And for me, I'm in my 50s. My, my, the guy I was dating was in his late 40s. The guy, his ex was in his 50s. I'm like, we're a little old for this. I don't even know. I mean, this is not college time. This is like really weird. Yeah, I was getting, this is a college argument. This was yeah. a, I had to tell you we were sleeping in the same bed. Like, I didn't know it was such a big deal. I love you. That's what he kind of says about the love you bar. But he kind of said that. I was kind of like, but I don't understand what the problem is. I mean, we're not doing anything. Go, that's not the point. That, that's, that's where the limit was for me. Yeah. I lived, I lived with an ex. We didn't sleep in the same room. We had different bedrooms. We paid rent. I mean, like, it was a whole different, I mean, like, it was an arrangement. It wasn't that we had the doggies between us and you put your CPAP machine on and you're like, good night. No, we don't do that. It was like, it was weird. That was weird. So that was one. I know I'm going to give you a little quick one. I had another one where um, the guy tells me, we have great, I mean, we talk great talks. We live at a great restaurant called Mofongos, which is a Puerto Rican restaurant in North Hollywood. Okay. Uh, on Lakersham. I'm Puerto Rican, so I wanted to go there. Okay. So we're sitting there. So we're sitting there. The date, I mean, it, it seems like it's going well. Like we're, we're clicking and clacking. And, you know, they were both Hispanic. We're talking about the, you're talking in Spanish and English. Having a good time. Then somehow he starts talking. I'm like, are you talking about me? Yeah, you know, James, you know, if someone has a stomach, I just, I just can't get turned on. I mean, it's just so hard for me. I mean, if they have a stomach, it's just like, yeah, my dick just won't get hard, and I don't know what's going. On. I mean, I don't know what's going on. And he's talking. I'm just sitting there going, oh, like, oh my, I'm like, oh, okay, you don't like stomachs, I guess. And I mean, I'm not this morbidly obese or anything, but I got you know, a little dad bod stuff going on. Yeah, so, all dad bod. That's, that's, right. Dad bod's how I've made my history of dating. That's that's it. You take that away from me, I, I don't have much, James. <laughs> exactly. He's like, hello. I'm not some skinny twink. I'm not some muscle-bound yeah. man. You're He's 19 year old like. for a reason. You can go find them. They're exactly. Yeah. But no, the thing is, the dating app, I actually put pictures of my whole body. That's very smart. No, because like, you get a lot of pictures where like, like this is just fixed. Oh, you, never trust. You, you can never trust the head because we, we can do exactly. Meals and then And then exactly. someone's like, oh, I took that eight years ago. You're like, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I, 
You were clearly 20 when you took this. And exactly. So <laughs> I always make sure at least a couple of my shots are full body and, you know, in clothes, of course, but full body. You see my, right. you see my body type. And on some apps, you actually have your stats on there. So I'm not hiding. I don't hide nothing. I'm no. six feet tall, 250. I'm a big boy. So I'm like, this is nothing you know, right. new. So when we met up, it was kind of weird because, I mean, it was like, oh, you started, started talking. But, but the conversation was so kind of like, you know, and so when someone's just bigger than I am, I like that. But if they're just too big, I, mean, I go, wait a minute. So are you talking about me? He's like, I'm sorry, but you're just too fat for me. That's what he said to me. He actually said those words. At dinner? At dinner. What a prick. So I sat out there for a second. As I had my food, I go, hi, can I get this to go, please? And so we started box up my food. I mean, we, I, we, just, we just started eating. I was like, I'm taking, I'm taking the food home, of course. Yeah. And he's like, well, Jason, I'm going offend you. I mean, I, I'm not trying. I mean, I'm just saying that I can't be with somebody who's fat. I just want to put you down and just tell you how bad you are physically and just make you feel like shit. But please, my God, like, don't. Keep going. Let's keep going. You know what I'm saying? He's like, you're good looking in the face and everything. I mean, I don't stop. I just, I just you know, I can't do this. So uh, I said, I, I went, oh, okay. And I said, my food. And I go, um, I go, so, okay, well, he goes, well, can we be friends? I go, well, no, because you're rude and tactless. And thanks for dinner. And he goes, thanks for dinner. I go, thank you for dinner. And I got up and left. I made him pay for it. There you go. Now, that's a lot to say right there. You did it. Good now, side you. note. Now, side note, Adam. Piece of shit. follow each other online. Yeah. He's dating the guy right now who's fatter than I am. I know. Because guess what? That that hole he was trying to fill inside of his heart, he'll never be able to. No, he's going to end up with someone. He's, he's going to get dementia, and he's not going to have someone to take care of him. That those, those people always do. I can only help. First off, that's shitty, but I'm really glad that you stood up for yourself, and that's quite amazing. Uh, so uh, screw that. Yeah. Well, thank you uh, for sharing. I know it's not always easy, but you do it in a most pleasant, wonderful way. Uh, and we're going to segue from there into a little... Ooh, red flag. Red flag. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the way red flags work, so I'm going to read James three cards here of red flags. And he's going to answer to me the one bugaboo, in the words of Step Brothers, that he just cannot absolutely deal with. Uh, and we're going to put these with the blinders of the pandemic. So some of these in real life, you might be like, yeah, I don't give a shit. But if you had to be with someone every day in uh, quarantine, it might change your mind. So I got three here. Is 40 years older than they were in their profile pic. That can happen. Fifty Shades of Grey is literally the only book they've read. At least you know, like, what's on their mind. And oh, this is good. Just got out of prison, but won't tell you what they were in there for. Those are three good, those are three good ones. Those, are, those are three good ones, right? So 40 years older than they were in their profile pic. So let's just say their profile pic, they were 25. So they're 65. So Not bad. I can handle that one. Not bad. Okay, I can handle okay. that one. Fifty Shades of Grey is literally the only book they've read. Hold that one. I have a that's podcast cool. about I'm books. A reader. I'm a reader. I got pockets about books. I'm a reader. So I'm like, so hold that one for a second. This might, and then just got out of prison, but won't tell you what they were in there for. They did a quick 18 months. Okay. A summer, winter, summer. And then they came out and they don't want to talk about it. They said, I served my time. I'm Jean Valjean. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Because prison guys always bring up musicals. Sure. Why not? Always. Um, but there's chess or something. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with, because I like, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to keep up the books, the red flag. Yeah, the books, right? If you only read one book. That's it. Not even children's books, not even like 
Crossword puzzle. I don't know. I was, I was, you I don't know. Like Charlotte's Web or The Giver. A raisin. Oh, oh yes. It's something. Not just Seuss. Something. I don't know what's going on. That's yeah. I would say no. Stephen King. I don't know what's going on. So I would, yeah, that's uh, yeah. That'd be the red flag. The person <laughs> could be anything. Could be anything. They're probably hot. So they're I'll, probably I'll, hot. Probably hot. Keyword. Probably. We don't know. So okay, we're gonna go from there to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a little segment here called Date Dump Divorce. Now you've okay. heard of F Mary Kill. Yes. Well, we don't do that here because we don't care about that. We want to know how it ends badly. So date dump divorce. Now, James, uh, I believe I saw you in an interview. You said that you started at Afterbuzz TV, which we're both part of the same family here with Afterbuzz TV Studios, which love being a part of. Um, you said you started as a guest host and you were so good you just kept picking up stuff. And you started originally, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, doing soap opera after shows. General Hospital, is that where you started? Uh, Days of Our Lives, then General Hospital. Days of Our Lives in General Hospital. Okay, cool. So my theme today, let me know if this works. Um, I picked three gentlemen for you who are very well known, but got their start in soap operas. Ooh, I like this. I know. So you can either go with their older salt and pepper versions or their younger, oh. like in the 90s when they were, you know, kids on these shows. Oh, Whatever you think's uh, best. So whatever, whatever works for you. I'm so curious. Okay. I got Josh Damal, who was in All My Children. That's where he yep. started. Yep. I got Brad Pitt, who originally started in Another World. Yeah. There. And then, of course, we have Mark Consuelos of All My Children. Now, I, I got a palette here of hot gentlemen. You can go from, you know, from where they are now, little grizzled salt and pepper, to the young kids back then, just young and ambitious. We're all a little grizzled. Yeah, okay. a little grizzled, but you got to date one of them, you got to dump one of them, and you got to divorce the last one. Josh Damal, Brad Pitt, Mark Consuelos. I'll give you 30 seconds here on the clock. Number one, I'd marry you. Which I say that. And that's not part of the thing, but I was going to tell you that. I'd marry Adam Carr, James Oh, Lock James. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a tough pill. Believe me. I'm that's not, it's, it's not that's always fine. fun and games. I'm very I'm insecure. I'm sure it's about take it. You smile at me, I'll take it. Okay, the play the game. I actually, and this is gonna be unpopular. I was never attracted to Brad Pitt, so I would actually dump him. I've never, oh, I've never dump, hey, you know what? Not too many people would say they'd have the guts to dump Brad Pitt. I know. I'm standing by it. I'm standing by it. Great actor. I just was never attracted to him. Okay. Uh, he's dumped. He's dumped. Okay, and then divorce, and what's the other one? Uh, and then date. So and the divorce. You got married. Maybe you had a few kids. Right. And then it just wasn't working out. And finally, in the end, you're like a bitter old cop waiting for their pension. You just want to get out of there. You're just like, and I went that I would except be Josh to mail then. I would have divorced him and I'd be dating some Mark Consuelos. He used to look good. There you go. Yeah. I got to tell you, he's aging very well. I, I know that as a, as a white man, I really got to moisturize because our, our skin. You need to <laughs> hide from the sun. Moisturize. I know. We you got to stay pale. That uh, you know that English uh, patriarchy. Sorry, patriarchy. The monarchy. I don't know. Either, either one, Adam. Either one works. Hey, why don't I do a podcast about words? All the words I mess up on a daily basis. You know how many times my fiance is kind enough to go? That's not the word. It's this word. And I go, shit. I was just saying that. That's why nobody was talking to me. She's like, yeah. So you're not a wordsmith. You're not a wordsmith. That's okay. You're no, no. I'm not a not a lingual. Uh, Whatever. Linguist. Linguist. Thank you. Thank I'm, a, you. I'm, a, I'm a former spelling bee champion twice, so. I took Latin prefix in high school right now, and you're kicking my ass. I can't remember anything. 
So, by the way, too, I just love, you got a doctorate in divinity, which is so cool. I just want to ask real quick, what does that entail? Because I, oh, that is so cool. So what does that entail? What does that take to do? And what, what is your knowledge base? Like, what, what does that mean? I can't get back up. I can't get back up. I'll get up later. I can't get back up. That's it. I'll get up later. Um, uh, anyway, um, so, no, what happened for me is I'm actually an ordained minister. So I, I, this is part of my life. Uh, I'm also on the board of the SF Church of Compassion in San Francisco. Been there for years, oh, cool. um, and so I, you know, took courses. I've done a lot of charity work, and it all added to my doctorate in divinity. So I got it from a, a local uh, Christian university here in Southern California. Oh, very um, cool. And so it, it just really it just it, it's more about um, you know higher education in the uh, in the Christian field. You know, okay. uh, you know, I, I read the Bible every day and I meditate every morning. Um, and so I do that first thing every morning. Psalm 91 is my psalm every morning. Um, and I know for a lot of people, it's like, but you're this, but you're queer, you're this, you can't. I, I feel like me and the God will talk about that later when we see each other, but I believe he made me in his image. And so that's something. And I believe, I believe I, there's, there's parts of religion that I actually like. There are a lot of tenets in religion that I like. I'm not conservative by any means, um, but I just, there's certain things I like. There's certain, there's just certain tenets, things I believe in that I think really helped me and, I, and having God in my life does help me. It helps me, helps me along, so. That's yeah, great. I'm very proud. I'm very proud, I got it in November of 2017. I'm very proud of it. Oh man, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, so, Dr. Lott. Pardon? I'm Dr. Lott, so. Dr. My God, I'm just thinking of all the marketing things I could do with your name. Um, completely. So. <laughs> You have car, same thing. Car, same thing. You know how it is. Oh, yeah. I know. My friends have already told me someday they'll write a tell-all book about me and they'll say, like, Adam Carr, breakdown. Like, you know, just what happened. <laughs> Who's driving the car? Exactly. Yeah. When I'm alone by myself and I'm just writing on the wall, like, a beautiful mind. And my fiance asks if I'm coming to bed. And I say, no, I just need another hour. I'm just writing stuff. Uh, I love it. Like, your book? I'm like, <laughs> my memoir. <laughs> um, so, Okay. Uh, so James, real quick, you seem to me like someone who's amazing and incredible with advice. So this next part, real quick, uh, let's just pretend it's like a room in the TV show Lost. I don't know if you ever watched Lost, but uh, Lost yeah. a lot of times had things that popped up that were there, but were never explained, and we don't know how they exist or how they came to be. So that's kind of uh, this next segment. You get 90 seconds, you get to walk into another room, and you're going to come face to face with your 18-year-old self. You only have 90 seconds, but you can tell them whatever you want to tell them. You can give them stock tips. You can give them love tips. You can give them anything you want. What do you say to your 18-year-old self? James, 18-year-old self, you will go through ups and downs. That is part of life. They're unavoidable. So I'm giving you that knowledge now because that will give you freedom as you navigate your way through your years. Um, also... Uh, you may get success later in life. It's going to be okay. It's never too late to have success. It's never too late to find your passion. You may not find it now, but you will find it later. Uh, number three, um, you know, when God closes doors, it's not because he's being mean or that you know, not can have it. It just means that he's narrowing your path to your greatness. That's beautiful. And then you disappear and then that's it. And then you come back and You've, you've, you've been standing over the sink washing ditches for the last 30 minutes and you come back to you and that's it. Uh, perfect. You did, you did perfect. You're wonderful. So uh, uh, last minute things here. We want to find where we can find you. Obviously, you have a ton of shows. So if you want to either name your handles, your shows, all the places where you can find you because you are a wealth of information. And especially right now in a pandemic, 
where people have a lot more time to listen to things, to better their lives, to better their productivity, their organizational skills. I think that you're a beacon. So where can everybody find you? Thank you, Adam. Um, I always say in all my shows at the end, you can find where all James Lott Juniors are at James Lott Jr. and all social media platforms, literally every, even on TikTok kids, even on TikTok. I am James Lott Jr. everywhere. JLJ Media is the company. You can find me on YouTube at JLJ Media and then on, on every streaming service, either type in James Lott Jr. or JLJ Media and you'll find my 12 different podcasts. Some that are from me, some that I'm just producing, some that I'm part of, some that I'm just like hosting. They're all on there, and you can, and all my music is under James Lott Jr. Go to James Lott Jr. I have, I have six albums out, three EPs. Find them there, and my books are at James Lott Jr. on Amazon. James Lott Jr. Type it in James Lott Jr. Books. I have twenty five books out, so you can go ahead and twenty five books. Yeah, I do. Holy moly, that's amazing, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Let's give a huge round of applause here for James Lott Jr. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to our new producer, Kelsey, here at AfterBuzz TV, who's taking over the helm and doing such a fantastic job. I'd like to leave you with one final quote today, as I often do at the end of this show. And here we go. Dating is like your washing machine stopping mid-load and crapping out as you realize you're fresh out of underwear. Dating in LA, same thing, only the repair guy shows up when you're half naked searching desperately for a fresh pair of undies as you run through your house like a madman with a doorbell blaring in the background. My name is Adam Carr, wanted to tell all of you, stay horrible, stay single. Hey, we don't judge. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.